All right, everyone, welcome back to Leadership Locker. Today is going to be part two of how to land great podcast guests. I felt like I needed to give a little bit more information. I got a lot of DMs, really good positive feedback, but there were still some things that I feel like I was missing. Number one, I'm your host, Rich Cardona. The purpose of this show is if you're a new entrepreneur, an aspiring entrepreneur, an experienced entrepreneur, is to get you the knowledge you need for your journey, okay? Uh, whether you've been through the problems, whether you're going to go through those problems or you're going through it now, the industry experts I have on here come from all walks of life, and we teach you on negotiating, on sales, on marketing, on mindset, on pivoting, on transitions in life, whatever it may be, that's why I have them on. On Mondays and Fridays, like today, Friday, it's where I share something I have learned or I just kind of document the journey and tell you some things that I'm going through and that I picked up uh, that might be uh, of value to you. So as you know, if any of this is useful to you, please share it. That's how this podcast continues to grow. And I'm really, really thrilled with how it's been performing as of late. So let me kind of back up. Uh, let me back up to the beginning, why I even started a podcast in the first place. And by the way, The Leadership Locker, this is a, the third podcast that I've had and that just kind of shows you, you know, that that change is almost inevitable and that whatever you think you want to do or whatever podcast you want to come up with or whatever title you have or whatever format or whatever reason you're doing it can change. And mine had no purpose in the very beginning. I had just got back from Vid Summit in Los Angeles. I was on a high from all the speakers and all the people and meeting Gary V and, you know, meeting some uh, new creatives. I was new in the creative world, so to speak. I mean, look, like at this point, I was maybe a month and a half removed from quitting a job at Amazon. I was completely out on my own. I was living with my in-laws. So I got back from uh, Vid Summit, I was spending money, I went to Vid Summit, got back and I was like, okay, game on, document the journey, it's time. But I didn't really have a purpose for the podcast. I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't have, in my opinion, expertise that I was going to be able to deliver. And I really, no matter how much I thought documenting the journey was important, I had no fucking belief that anyone was going to give a shit. Now I look back and I'm like, damn, I could have marketed it and I could have done so much better. I mean, I'm a 38-year-old living with his in-laws in BFE, Virginia. This is excellent content. But... Uh, I guess I'll do some of that now. So I started the podcast on some shitty refurbished iMac that I had, and I was operating this podcast out of a very back storage room of my father-in-law's kind of office building thing. It's not even that. It's like a garage, and there just happened to be this back room. Now, he is an entrepreneur, but he's an entrepreneur in a very, very small place. He's had retail stores. He's had all these little things, but Dude, my father-in-law is an amazing man. He's also Mr. Frugal. And I, I actually offered if he'd pay me because I was now out of a job by choice. I was like, I could digitize all these files for you because he had file cabinets upon file cabinets upon file cabinets. And he's like, Rich, I'm a, I'm a paper guy. And I'm like, fucking okay. So I would just kind of go to this back room to operate. Now, this storage, the reason I mentioned that it was a storage facility, like, you know, kind of like the normal ones that you see, was this back room was full of all the random shit that he got out of units when he had to empty them when people didn't pay. So there's like fucking dolls, stuffed animals, uh, freaking weird outdated furniture, kids toys, just all kinds of random ass shit. And here I am setting up, uh, you know, my refurbished iMac. I had a, I don't even remember what microphone I had. And all I thought to myself was that, and I was, I just joined a 
first in line with Gary V, which was a, one of his Facebook groups, which pretty quickly became overwhelming. But meeting some of the new people in Los Angeles and wanting to be a creative and wanting to get to know people, my podcast was called The Bubble Wrap Podcast. The Bubble Wrap Podcast. And that's because I wanted to unwrap people, which I do still. But I, I said to my wife, I was like, think about it. When you open a box and you know there's something precious inside, you know, you open it and it's wrapped in bubble wrap so it doesn't get messed up. Like, I, I still, I mean, if I could find the logo, you're going to laugh. That shit is so fucking awful. <laughs> so I started interviewing people from First in Line with Gary V, who commented on posts or who made content or whatever. So I found someone who, and it's actually did really, really well uh, on YouTube. But it was an interview with a woman who lost her husband and ended up, um, you know, starting a kind of cannabis shop. Uh, she's a non-user, and, uh, I, and it was in Canada. And I, I don't know. And, and away we went. And then I did one with another woman named Ashley who teaches knitting, and she's young, and she's trying to make knitting cool, knit like a badass, and show you how it can be mentally stimulating, and all these things about knitting. So the Bubble Wrap podcast went on, and it was just super fucking random. I had no strategy, but I will say this. I enjoyed it. I really did enjoy it. I, I started learning, like, wow, this is a process. I started kind of making cover art, so to speak, for the episodes on YouTube. I mean, I was just all over the place just trying new things. Okay, so I'm trying to teach myself how to podcast. I'm trying to uh, pitch to Claude Silver that I wanted to make content for her and be her personal vlogger person like D-Rock. I mean, I'm all over the place. And I look back and it's, it's, it's hilarious, but it was a really great time just kind of learning. So that podcast ended. I started another one called Flashpoint, which I thought was a little bit more my vibe because Flashpoint is an aviation term. It's uh, the temperature at which fuel will combust. And I, I kind of was getting closer to what I wanted. So Flashpoint was about um, a time in people's lives where there was a flashpoint, something that changed their life forever, whether it uh, allowed them to um, you know, start over or start a business or uh, to heal or to, I, I have no idea. You know, what is a flashpoint? Okay, what was your life like before? Then there was a flashpoint and then what happened afterwards? Um, and in some of those interviews, I was able to get people like Shaleen Johnson. I was in her Marketing Impact Academy. I wrote them and they're like, all right, come on out. So I flew out. I mean, dude, I, I've been doing this crazy non-ROI stuff for quite a bit, okay? But here's what I could tell you. Despite me not knowing exactly what I wanted to do, I was still doing it and I was improving every time. And I mean, shit, it's so funny. I mentioned Shaleen. She was like correcting me. She's like, your GoPro's not blinking, so it's probably not recording. I'm like, oh, I think it is. And she's like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> and like the sound was off, the camera was off, her mic I fucked up. I mean, I flew out there to Aliso Viejo, Orange County, and I still screwed it up and the footage and the sound is awful. But I still got that experience. And here we are a couple years later and I was actually a professor, a LinkedIn professor for her Marketing Impact Academy this year, which is fantastic. But I mean, I still had the balls to kind of just put myself out there and do a podcast. So everyone out there who, this isn't a, about uh, starting a podcast, this is about getting great guests, but all the excuses you have for not starting a podcast, I think the first question you need to ask yourself besides like, you know, 
What should the title be? What's the format going to be? Just the number one question you have to ask yourself is, am I being lazy as fuck? That's the first question you have to ask yourself. Because if you're anticipating all the effort that's going to go in it, or you actually looking at it and not anticipating all the effort that's going to go in it, you're going to be exposed. You're going to expose yourself to how lazy you actually are. So the title and all these things are are all made up, self-inflicted barriers that actually don't prevent you from pressing record on a podcast or doing a solo one. You literally could record on your phone and do it. So Flashpoint went went well, but I, I wasn't tracking data. I didn't know what I was doing still. I just really wanted to interview people. That's all I knew is I wanted to interview people. I wanted to hear their stories, uh, all that. So finally, September 2019. So September this year will be two years. I started the Leadership Locker. It was going to be specifically for veterans. Uh, And now it's obviously evolved into for any entrepreneurs, for small business owners. But the overwhelming, there's a a large portion of veterans who want to start their own businesses. Um, About 25% is a number from uh, about a year or two ago who want to, but only 2% do. So I was like, cool, I want to change that. I'll document the journey and I'll just interview a lot of experts. Um, And then I started reaching out to people. Now at this point, I'd been pretty active on LinkedIn, and I was pretty much only reaching out to people on LinkedIn and and great people at that. David Breyer, Shay Robottom, if you know her, uh, Mary Henderson, who's on there. Uh, just just you know, just a bunch of uh, fantastic people. But I at least now had my purpose, which is I wanted to really help entrepreneurs and people who were in the same position I was or five steps behind me. Just get the answers to the questions that I was having or that I was enduring and all the things that people don't know about. You know, again, like negotiations and sales and marketing and funnels and legal shit and cash flow and accounting and, and, and branding and all of it. Like it never stops. So I knew I was never going to run out of content and I was never going to run out of potential guests. Now, I had Gary V on. I had a pre-existing relationship with Gary V since I had met him a couple times. And then I had obviously made content for Claude, which I know he was fond of and all this other stuff. So he was a, a really fantastic guest. And at some point around episode 50 something, I was just kind of like, fuck this. Like I was on Libsyn. I didn't see the numbers moving. I didn't know. I wasn't intentional about how I was going to try and garner an audience. I was always disappointed. Uh, no matter how much I posted about the podcast, nothing was happening. You know, actually, the worst part was the fact that I had some really fantastic guests, and I'm like, even that didn't move the needle. So then I started to discover that I was moving the needle once I kind of resurfaced and really, really made a commitment to podcast more often. I'll tell you one change I made, which is the quantity. Instead of one a week, I went to two a week, and then I went to three a week, and then things really started to take off. And what really started to happen was, you know, people started listening to the episodes of of me, narrative episodes, just like this. And those started to do really, really well. So then I was like, well, now I got to build the audience. Now I got to actually pay for a little bit of advertising to kind of get this out to to new people. And now I really need to start leveraging my ability to get great guests. So I already covered it. Now that was a long, long, long preamble. But look, it, it goes right into this. I knew I was fearless about reaching out to people. I knew on Saturdays, I'd go onto Twitter and see where some of these influencers that were usually not reachable would be early Saturday morning. And I'd send them a message or I'd comment on their post like, oh, I love that opinion. By the way, I'd love to have you on the podcast. And then they're like, DM me. 
I mean, little things like that. I was never afraid to reach out. Now, I covered in the first episode or part one of this, you know, you could do DMs and you could do a video, you could do a voice message, uh, you could email them, you could interview the people around them, which is, I'm telling you, that's the biggest, biggest one. Interview people they've interviewed who maybe are not as hard to get. Interview them. Then they could vouch for you if you're a good interviewer and, and all these other things. But what I did not cover was aside from the subject line of the email, was what you're actually going to put in this message. So I wrote down a couple of things. You're going to put down something that positions you in what I hope you're thinking, something that positions you in a way to give them value. So for mine, I did not have download numbers. I did not have a massive social media following, but I knew my audience was mostly military and I knew the purpose of my show was for veteran entrepreneurs like myself. So some of my body, if I got a response, especially what I would write was something along the lines of, I would love to get you in front of a military audience or veteran entrepreneur audience. This is why I'm doing this podcast. This is how I think you could help. I would be honored if you considered it. So that was something. That was me trying to add value, okay? So it became less about me and more about them being able to help a segment that maybe they don't tap into often. Not all, is Jocko, for example, like is his his audience military? Yeah, no shit. Kendra Hall, storyteller, veterans in her little circle? Probably not. So it depends. You have to be kind of a chameleon and determine who needs what. So number one is paint the picture, okay? Paint the picture that you want to add value by uh, giving them exposure to your audience. Now, here's something that might happen. Whether it's them you're talking to or whether it is one of their gatekeepers, I've had this question come up before. What are your downloads? Do you have at least this? How many episodes do you have? Sometimes people ask you how many episodes you have to determine if you're consistent. Because if you're not consistent, they don't give a shit. Some people are like, you got to have 100 episodes. Some people are like, you need to have 250,000 total downloads. Some people are like, you need 10,000 downloads a month. People want to know that you're consistent. Otherwise, it potentially might be a waste of time. Now, again, the more consistent you are and the more you do this, the more the perceived value of being on your podcast will be. You know, don't put yourself in this weird place where you're like, why wouldn't they do it? Don't ask why wouldn't they do it? They don't have the time. You're the one who needs something from them. Whatever reasons or criteria they have is completely fucking valid. So just leave that alone, okay? Think of what you could do for them. So here's another thing you could think about. Do they have a book coming out? Do they have a movie coming out? Did you see them in an article recently? Were they on the news recently? If someone has a book coming out, and I'm going to have him on the podcast, but Tim Grover, for example, I read Winning after I heard him for the first time on Andy Frisella's podcast uh, on Real AF, but then I watched The Last Dance and I was like, holy shit, I I didn't realize that was the same guy. The Last Dance is a documentary about the Chicago Bulls. Well, I read that book. I was floored. I read 44 pages the first day. Okay, and I'm doing 75 hard. All I needed to read was 10. So that should tell you something. Him and the book I'm about to finish today, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight, are just like, holy shit. But how can I add value? I would love to help your book become a bestseller. It probably was going to be a bestseller anyway. I think it already is a New York Times bestseller. But at that point, 
you know, maybe he'll take what he could get. It's very common for people to do a podcast circuit when they release a book because they want all the exposure they could possibly get. Now, whether your audience is big or not might not actually matter. What might matter is that you're willing to promote this person to your audience. So keep that in mind. Can you help them? Another way you could add value is if you know they have an editing team or if you have people who edit your videos for you and it's a video podcast, or if not, I guess it really doesn't matter. But if you have people who create content for you to promote your podcast, then you will be able to add that as something of value to them as well. Meaning, and I do this, it's like, we're going to make at least five clips for you that are formatted for Instagram Reels or YouTube Shorts. We'll also have one podcast promo, and we'll also have, we'll make sure you get the raw file so you can do whatever you want with it. And we'll also make sure you get the raw audio so you can do whatever you want with it. Not only are you going to give them content out of it, okay, so it's done, you could give them the raws in case they want it done their way. Now, if you really want to fucking go above and beyond and impress the shit out of them, if you look at their style and the way they make content and make content for them from the interview with using their kind of brand, that'll probably knock them dead. And that's a sacrifice because then you're going to, you're not going to brand it for your brand. You're going to brand it for them. So that's a value add. So keep that in mind. And then, you know, as far as adding value, that's, that, that is the name of the game. Anything that's going to be pitch, like a pitch, and telling them just a three paragraphs, all these different things. You have to imagine some of these people probably get approached hundreds of times a day or at a minimum hundreds of times a week. And you have to get creative. Listen to part one to figure out ways to reach these people. But this is a little bit more about what you'll say. Now we're talking about what you don't say. Okay, so you don't just write hey, I'm a big fan, or hey, I love your work, or your book, this. I mean, it doesn't fucking matter, man. Like, there's thousands that are millions of people who already think that about this person. You cannot write a paragraph, and you cannot waste time by doing that. So the very first line should never, ever be about you. Okay, it should never be about you, and it should not be what you can get out of it. Let's just say a movie's coming out. What's a movie? Let's say... Scarlett Johansson, Black Widow came out. Okay, you have an awesome subject line. Black Widow blows up the leadership locker, you know, something like that. Who knows? And then I'm, I want to write her or her agent. Uh, the first line isn't going to be about me. Like, hey, my name is Rich. I'm a retired Marine. Uh, the first line should be something along the lines of business owners can learn a lot from a Black Widow. What the hell does that mean? Does the first sentence make them read the second sentence and then get into it? Okay. The last couple of lines should be something along the lines, and I'm talking, this should only be two to four paragraphs max. Be like, if interested, please let me know the person to talk to. You don't want to pitch until you have a little bit of traction, okay? I understand the inclination to want to write a whole fuck ton of shit and, and really kind of sell them, but you're not going to win by pitching, okay? You're going to win by what I said, which is demonstrating value, you're going to win by all the things I mentioned in part one, and you're going to win by putting them first. Because you're the one who's asking for some of their time. Now, let's just say you get a response, and they're like, not at this time, you know, or we're slowing down on podcasts. Then here's a couple things you can do. You could write, I completely understand. For a guest like this, I'm willing to wait as long as it takes. That does two things. It shows your patient it shows you're not butthurt about it, but it also shows and gives the signal that you're going to be persistent. And trust me, uh, there's a couple very, very big names that 
I've had to be persistent with. And I, I know it's just a matter of time before it happens, but the fact that I've been persistent over 18 months always gives me the advantage over anyone who's just asking for the first time who might be in a similar position or have similar download statuses as I do or rankings as I do. So the fact that I've been persistent, the fact that I've built relationships, the fact that I've talked to people around them, the fact that I've followed up politely matters. Okay, so if you get the response that not now or anything like that, you don't have to be pushy about it. Just make it known that you completely understand and also make it known that you're going to follow up next quarter or if it's the summer, be like, I'll follow up in the late fall or whatever it may be. In the meantime, is there anything I could do for you? That sounds nuts. That sounds nuts. Is there anything I could do for you? Of course, we're going to say no. But again, you're positioning yourself as someone who's looking at making sure that you add value and that it's not just about you. Now, um, if someone says uh, potentially and then they start asking for a criteria and you don't meet that criteria, there's a couple of things you could do there as well. One is when I hit these downloads or when I hit this milestone, I will be in touch. And I hope that you can get so-and-so or help me get so-and-so on the podcast. Or if it's a person themselves, just be like, and then we could do it. And then just say something like deal, question mark. And then if you come back, they'll be like, holy shit, they'll be able to reference that email, reference that DM, reference that message and be like, wow, the person did the work. They really want me on. They didn't just forget about me. Um, last thing is, this is if you get a response and they, they put you on hold or say, I'm not sure or anything like that. Just, just, you just have to be completely understanding. Uh, just think of all the times that people want your time and you're not a celebrity. You're not someone who's getting asked to be on podcasts all the time. You're someone who's getting asked a million different things from your kids, you know, who are competing for your attention with work and who are competing your attention with the movie you want to watch and all these things. Everyone has people that are competing for their attention and you are no different. So the best thing you can do is be completely empathetic and just continue on. Now, if they don't, if they just straight up say no, then you can grow your podcast. I hope you grow your podcast and reach out again later and be like, the last time I talked to you, uh, here's what we were doing. Here's what we're doing now. I really do think that so-and-so would be incredible in front of this specific audience. And here's why. And then you could go into that. But uh, don't fight it. Don't ask, what can I do? Uh, unless this person on the other end is very personable. Just be like, okay, if you don't have the criteria and you want the criteria, then that's when you ask. Be like, okay, what would it take to get so-and-so on the podcast? And then that's it. That's basically it. Uh, I'm, I, who knows? I mean, maybe there's a part three at some point. But part one is going to cover, again, how you're going to reach out to these people, why you should reach out to these people, why you shouldn't be fearful of doing that. And in this episode, we covered what you're going to actually say in the body, what you're actually going to say in the message, and what you're going to say if you actually get a reply. So I really hope that helps. Uh, just remember that consistency and being persistent actually catches attention more than you know. And I really hope that you are able to use some of these and land some of the guests that you really, really want. Now, look, I'd love to have Oprah on my podcast. I actually think Lewis Howes would love to have Oprah on his podcast. There's some people that just don't really go on podcasts. So that's the last thing I'll say, which I, I, don't, I, I just now thought about it. Check to see if this person is ever on podcasts. Go to their LinkedIn, go to their Instagram and be like, are they ever on podcasts? Because maybe that's just not their thing. If they don't go on podcasts 
and they say yes to you, it's because there's some real deep commonplace, meaning we're both from Morristown, New Jersey. We both played football at Randolph, and we both went to Florida State, and we both have a passion for veterans or something along those lines. Like, I'm talking, you know, you just have this very incredibly unique uh, uh, match that's probably an anomaly, and this person really doesn't appear. Maybe at that point they'll do it. They might not do a video podcast. Maybe they'll just do a regular podcast. Oh, sorry, last thing. Fuck, I can't even believe I thought about that. People are going to ask how long it is. People are going to ask how long it is. So if you think you're going to get an hour with someone who's insane, then you're wrong. I, I've been very fortunate. I've had that happen to me a couple times, but say something along the lines of the entire process will take no longer than 30 minutes. Unless they tell you otherwise, if they ask, say 30 minutes. Think of what you're doing here. You are trying to say you will be done in 30 minutes. And that also puts a pressure on you in a good way to just have everything you need done and consolidated in a 30 minute window. Okay. You are not asking an extraordinary amount of their time. 30 minutes is very doable. And you're not just making the assumption that they're going to just carve out an hour of a day for someone who's starting growing or, um, you know, just building on top of a great podcast. Okay, be respectful, anticipate as little as you can get. And maybe, like it's happened to me so many times, they're just like, dude, let's keep going. And I'm like, fuck yes. Now, I think we're done. Thank you. Please write me and let me know if there's something I uh, just write me with any questions you might have. Uh, DM me on Instagram, Rich Cardona underscore or LinkedIn. And if you are interested in podcast production services, uh, then feel free to email us at info at richcardonamedia.com um, where we do full podcast production services to the point where uh, literally you will be set up to record, you record, you send it to us, and we do all the rest. Everything. Everything. I'm telling you, I just told you a lot of my little journey here and podcasting is not fucking easy. It's a lot more work than people think. And for big people with who are influencers or massively successful who have podcasts, they usually have a team, like a completely full-time team who's ready to video at any time, who's cutting clips at any time, who's engineering audio at any time. You don't have that, probably. And if you do, then you should be using it. If you don't, or you want to at least outsource part of it at a price that's completely reasonable, buy someone and whose team, me, who has a ranking podcast, who's, who's pushed through you know, all the walls of it and has found success, has found sponsorship, has found purpose, has found great guests, has found just an undying passion for it, then we're your people, okay? There's a lot of people out there who produce podcasts, but you better check their podcast out and see how their podcast is doing, all right? Check out how their podcast is doing because that's always a sign. It's like having a personal trainer who's completely out of shape. You're like, mm, not sure. So uh, we can do it. We have a small, agile, mobile team who delivers with marine-like precision. So thank you for your time. Please rate and review this if you liked it. Uh, share it with a friend. That's how we grow it. Uh, we're in the top 100 again for business and education in the U.S. because of you. So those reviews are a signal to people that if they haven't been following, that they should. And uh, they're going to get some good content out of it. So thank you. Uh, super long, but I had to do it. And I appreciate you guys. Peace.